Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Dream Factory, the world's greatest and only, but most importantly, greatest user-generated <laughs> movie creation podcast. The rules here are simple. We can discuss as many of your movie ideas as we like, but only one will progress through to the next stage, the all-important next stage, where it will be the first screenplay delivered to Hollywood execs exclusively via leaked WhatsApp messages. I'm Joel. A man who puts the cock into Matt Hank. Yep, it's, uh, it's low-hanging fruit. It's an easy one. And across from me is John Harris, a man so afraid his private communications will be leaked that all of his messages violently self-destruct upon reading. And it, it is costing me about an iPhone a week at this point. Hi, John. Well, I mean, I would say that's exactly what our friendship is worth. So One iPhone per week. Yeah, I can go with that. I can go with that. I do have to read them in a controlled environment, not like not near any water <laughs> or around children, because it's a pretty impressive mushroom cloud you're able to get out of an iPhone. It's one iPhone a week and sort of one pair of gloves a month. Yeah, I, I can only use my iPhone with oven gloves on now, <laughs> uh, which I look mad on the tube. Um, but hey, John, <laughs> hey, John, we're not here to talk about self-destructing iPhones, are we? Not with Apple as our main sponsors. So let's have a film idea from you, please. Well, fr- from you, but channeling a listener. Like what about Sidekick this? Sally. <laughs> what about this one from B? Stuart Big. They adopt Tom Hanks as an adult man. Nice. I thought it was going to be a giant mouse. Oh, that would also <laughs> be good, to be fair. Adopting Tom Hanks would be nice, I think. So Big is Tom Hanks is a child, but an adult. Yeah. Is it fine? Or does it get is no. that a weird bit now that we don't like? Yeah, well, yeah, because I think... Doesn't he have a relationship? Implied, yeah, it's implied that he sleeps with a woman. Ah. Uh. And that, I believe, is very bad. That is bad. That is bad. So, um, yeah. Right. Okay. Tom, Hanks, Tom Hanks sleeping with women, that is. Yeah. He's not allowed he to. He, he's too he's, pure. He's the most asexual actor, isn't he? I don't know. Uh, oh, I imagine his genitals are like an action man. <laughs> and I do imagine Tom Hanks' genitals a lot. Right. They adopt Big is the Tom Hanks piano scene, right? They're standing on yeah. the pianos as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the family adopts Tom Hanks from Big. And I guess your life, does the world know that it's Tom Hanks or is it the movie character from Big? Because if you adopted Tom Hanks, that would pretty radically change your living situation, wouldn't it? I think it has to be because if it's if it's a family adopt the top, because then that's sort of the same plot as Big, right? There's, no, there's not a lot's going to change. It's just the film Big, you're right. So I think it has to be a family 
for some weird quirk in the adoption system, they accidentally <laughs> find themselves adopting the Oscar-winning actor Tom Hanks. This is more like it. Okay, so Hanks Hanks turns up at your door, suitcase in hand, and he's as confused as you are. And I guess <laughs> you've got to take him on board. Or maybe, what if, this is very different, but what if you agreed to take on, you're adopting someone, right? You don't meet them first. And all you know is they're Stuart Big. And it turns out you haven't signed up for adoption. You've signed up to be part of the witness protection program. Oh. And the person you have to protect is Tom Hanks, <laughs> the world's most famous movie star. <laughs> and so then the next 90 minutes to two hours, depending on what the editor does with it on the cutting room, John, is a series of progressively more insane japes where you're trying to disguise Tom Hanks out in public life. Because the thing about Hanks is he's gregarious, he's outgoing. Yeah. He doesn't want to be hemmed into the like two up, two down house that he's moved into. He wants to go there, go out there and experience, I don't know, Wigan. And you have to kind of assist him. So, you know, you start off, you just go to a trip to the offie across the road because you think that's going to be pretty low rent. He wears a big fedora, sunglasses, collar up, and you take him for a little walk around the off license. But Hanks gets more adventurous, as we know he's <laughs> want to. And he yeah. wants to see the Asda. He wants to see the Sinner world, you know? So I think you have to, you know, entertain Hanks while keeping him hidden from, I don't know, who's after Hanks? Gangsters. Some bad I was, gangsters. I like the idea that for the sake of this movie, Tom Hanks is exactly as lovely and as charming as we all believe and imagine he is. Mm -hmm. But he's also like a total idiot. So it is like, he's such a liability. He's <laughs> yeah, like, every yeah. time they turn their back, he's halfway down the street shaking hands with strangers. <laughs> like, come back here, Graham, or whatever they have to call it. Like, come here. Well, they called him Stuart Big. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, Stuart Big. <laughs> um, I, uh, I wonder if anyone famous has ever got into witness protection. <laughs> We would never know, would we? Wouldn't we? Hmm. Hey, listener, if you're if you're if you're a listener and you work in the witness protection program, <laughs> would you please send me an email about the most famous person you've harboured? Kind of fascinated by witness protection. It's probably actually incredibly sad and bleak, but I don't know. I, I I've always thought that surely it's impossible in the UK because it's so small. I think it must just be impossible in the modern age, right? It must be really hard. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It does. It blows my mind, the idea of like the witness protection program. But, but like you say, the more we pull at that thread, the less it becomes a fun, lighthearted podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Or it's, they adopted Great Big Mouse voiced by Tom Hanks. Also, also good. Great. Oh yeah. Also absolutely. good. And again, they turn their back. And before you know it, there's a Great Big Mouse running down the street trying to eat people. <laughs> oh, he's bad. I went for a nice big lunchtime walk today, John. I was having a really lovely time and I was listening to my The Last of Us catch-up podcast mm. and it was great. And then I looked down and at my feet was a rat feasting on the carcass of a fox. It really ruined wow. the mood. Mm. That is London for you, though. Big time. Big time. Anyway, I moved him out of the lounge. <laughs> great stuff. Right. What about this one from Josh, the Blair Witch Project Manager? I love this one so much. It's really this is good. Great. This is dynamite. So the... This is someone in charge of a company away day, right? Right. Well, okay. Big that, team that, building camping. That also exercise. works. I was thinking it was like... You were thinking Haunted Excel, weren't you? A big ghost keeps appearing in the Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> that's what you were thinking. I was my third... Drag, drag I, me to Excel. Oh, that's very good. Right. Pretend you didn't hear that, listener. Because <laughs> um, no, two minutes to the record time next week, I'll, be, I'll remember that. No, my, my brain went towards like... It's the person who who arranges, like, organizes hauntings and organizes nice. spooky stuff to happen. So you go to someone and say, "Look, this person's been a real prick. You know, they are they run an orphanage with a complete disdain for the children. What they need is a good haunting." Yeah. Okay. And is it a and real I, haunting? Is it, or do they stage the hauntings? Which I think is actually 
the plot of Beetlejuice. And I believe a while back, I completely got the idea of Beetlejuice wrong. And Beetlejuice mm. is a, ho- so is a house Beatles? with ghosts in and Beetlejuice comes and basically scares the humans out of the house because the ghosts want to live there in peace. Nice. So yeah. that's sort I guess the, but like, this is more like, yeah, so you have to like, you're in the woods, you have to sort of paint some creepy stuff on the trees. You have to arrange where the, the, they're going to camp. So it's the spookiest place possible. You have to make sure everyone arrives on time. You have to sort the ghost invoices. That's a nightmare. I mean, yeah. I mean, all, all horror films probably have like pretty funny admin in the background. You know, when you've sort of like got a, you know, there's the guy in the screen mask has to like stand behind the door for like 45 minutes waiting for, you know, yeah. the, the and he teenager has to, like, wash the to mask come back and stuff. in. Yeah. Oh yeah. True. Like, Who cleans to, the scream clothes? When the scream guy eats, do you think he eats through the mask or it, would there be anything funny than seeing him suck up a bit of spaghetti? <laughs> I was imagining like, um, cause he's, you know, he's, he's got, he's doing a lot of running around and stabbing. So I was imagining protein smoothie for a straw. Yeah, that's pretty handy. But it, it, if in scream seven, he takes Tokyo, they look over at one point, he's in a noodle bar, just slurping up a big noodle through the mask. Would love to see it. That would be good, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I'm into, I'm into horror admin. If you can, Hey, why not tweet us or email us at dreamfactorypod or dreamfactorypodcast at gmail.com about the best horror admin. I'd do a whole episode on horror admin, horror admin. Let's do it. What about this one from Rachel? TV show idea, friends of the show. John and Joel move into apartments opposite each other. However, there's mm-hmm, a constant mm-hmm. tense undertone centering around the previous break in this podcast where John thought they were on a break, but Joel continued to share movie ideas with him weekly, thinking they were being broadcast. In The One with Scroobius Pip... John cheats on Joel and broadcasts on another podcast. But in the one with Muscles Tom, they make up over their mutual friend of the show. This is a lovely idea. And I do, it makes me, I'm not against this, but it does make me sound pretty simple if I think that I just call you with some movie (laughs) ideas every week and that's going out as a podcast. It kind of, kind of suggests that could be happening right now. And I I, I don't know. I also think this is like Rachel proving that she's a listener of the show. It's like, it's like she's done her homework there. She's done the callbacks. Yeah, it really, she sort of, uh, what she's done there has really revealed the process, which I don't really appreciate. Um, I kind of assume that after this, they go out, but I've got no idea. So we live in apartments opposite each other. Obviously, one of us has got a podcast studio in the apartment. I think that's the big reveal. I come over one day to borrow some sugar and Pip's in your podcast studio. Yeah. Wait. The audience, the, the studio audience, Ooh. do a big. <gasps> you try and cover him up, and there's a big laugh. <laughs> He's a very tall man, so it'd be quite hard. It'd be really <laughs> difficult. You just throw a sheet over him, and it's, from the knees down, I can still see him. <laughs> um, and uh, what, the, what are your iconic friends moments that we can transpose into this? I could have, a, I could fall over with a big microphone muff on my head. Yeah. Well, uh, to be right. So one of the famous moments is a reference that Joel will find funny, but. Nobody, no listeners of the show really knows this about me. Is there's there's the famous thing where Joey wears all of Chandler's clothes at once, and I famously and our group of friends wear too many layers at any one. So that time. would just be a character trait that we wouldn't ever even reference that. But you would always be wearing all of your clothes. <laughs> uh, is a I don't know the, the kind of the the most iconic John wears all of his clothes moment is now maybe a decade ago we went to a big student radio gathering and we had a bit too much to drink in the evening and me John and a good pal, <laughs> and a good and a good pal of eyes. Jack, we're all sharing a bedroom and John woke up feeling a little worse for wear. And listener, we've all been there. You've done it yourself. You wake up, you feel the saliva metallic in the back of your mouth and you know that you need to get to the bathroom in the next 10 seconds to be violently ill. Well, John woke up with that same feeling, but such is his commitment to wearing clothes that he stood by the side of his bed and got fully dressed, including a shirt, (laughs) before walking to the bathroom to be sick. In what, what is sort of the most incredible feat of endurance ever witnessed? 
I don't know how you kept it down for so long while you put on a tie. And like, <laughs> embellishment, embellishments have come up over the years, sure. John, you know, put on a pair of thigh-high boots, a top hat. He shaved his beard. And then he went to the loo. Uh, it's pretty impressive stuff. So yeah, you're wearing all your clothes at all times in this show. Yeah, I'm sort of... And maybe that's how we get back together because podcast studios are famously very hot. They're very difficult to air condition. Mm. You're sat in there recording something solo and you're wearing nine shirts and you pass out. And I hear a thud and I run over and I save the day. And then we realise that we're happiest in a podcast studio. Oh, that's lovely. And Cut um, to the next scene. We're both sat there topless recording a podcast. <laughs> you you never see me topless, job. That's, I'm a never nude. I've you're got, a never nude. Maybe that's a joke. I'm in my pants and you're still in nine shirts despite having passed out two minutes earlier. <laughs> and every li- if, you've, if you've submitted more than one idea to the Dream Factory, you are a friend of the show and you'll be a regular on this TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming in. Uh, how about this one from Nathan? Broke back to the future mountain. Nathan says, look guys, you need a wiki. <laughs> At this point, I can't decide if, it actually came, if I actually came up with this or I heard it on the show months ago and it's just surfaced again. Nathan, I have this problem every single week. Alternatively, Guardians of the Ford Galaxy. So Nathan's, he's hit us with two there. He's gone both barrels in the hope that one of them won't have been used before. I don't actually think we've had Broke Back to the Future Mountain. I and think it's we really have. good. Oh, okay. I think, um, I think we have. Okay, there's a lot of listener requests in this episode, but if someone's listening, if they could go back through the entire archive and, and build a... Um, <laughs> And build a definitive list of every movie idea we've ever featured on that show. That would be quite handy. And uh, he's not saying it, but he has just put it in the chat box. John will back you £500 quid if you do that. So that's very kind. Thank you, John. How many episodes are we on now? Right. How do I find that out quickly? I'm going to guess 100 and... Is it more? It's going to be way more than that. 147. You're not far off. So according to Apple, we are at 163 episodes. Okay. Uh, So I think we need to shave off a few simply because... We've put stuff on the feed in the past that isn't Dream Factory episodes. But let's okay. say so let's say there's 160 say, episodes and we do about, I'd say, okay. probably eight maybe movie ideas a week on average. Yep, yep. So we're looking at 1,280 movie ideas. That's that's pretty impressive. That's not, that's, how, how are people still coming up these week after week? Exactly. So fair play to you guys. Because that's probably about as many films as there are. I think so, right? yeah. Uh, yeah, last count. Easily. Yeah. Are we are we getting into dangerous territory where we've come up with more films than the entire Hollywood machine, John? I think we're getting there. They need to up their game. Broke Back to the Future Mountain. It's great. I mean, they are cowboys in the third Back to the Future. True. So That's pretty, a very good point. Pretty good crossover going on there already. Um, and Guardians of the Ford Galaxy would love to see a situation where they lose their spaceship. They're on planet Earth in the mid-90s, and the only way they can get around is a Ford Galaxy. Kind of mystery machine-style vibes. Is it a people carrier? I think my yeah. family had a Ford Galaxy, actually, for a while. Nice, nice. You, do you know what? You strike me more as a Citroen Picasso family, but Ford Galaxy's <laughs> pretty good. I vividly remember we a long time we were a Volvo V70 family, which says a lot about my dad. Yeah, yeah. Very dad car. Good um, stuff. Well, well thank you, Nathan, Gal- for sending in two ideas that we've already had before. You could, If you could do better next week, that'd be great. Hey, Nathan. <laughs> Joel, Joel doesn't mean it. Guardians of the Galaxy also makes me think of those competitions where people have to like hold on to a vehicle for, for ages and nice. the last person wins yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Who would win? Drax, probably. I think Drax would probably win the car. Yeah, he would go to a, you know, he, he could probably meditate and, and or Groot, because Groot could just wander off with a big old root stuck to the car. <laughs> Very true. He's like he's like the Tom Hanks of the Guardians group, just walking around shaking just hands. <laughs> How about this one from What the Flick podcast? Recent guests on this show, and 
They did a fine job. Go and check out their podcast. A rock at the cabin. Dave Batista turns up to tell a family some troubling, world-changing news and is shocked to find out that one of them is his old nemesis, The Rock. A smackdown with the fate of the world in the balance in his shoes. Were they nemesis? Nemesis? Well, I'm assuming so. I know that... um, Crossover. Stu from that show is a big wrestling fan. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to question his knowledge. I'm going to say that they must've been big, big enemies. So, and they've both the, tried to escape their wrestling pasts, but they can't. So, well, the rock I think is more He's likely to around. do this. Whereas yeah. Batista, you're going to struggle to get Batista to, to agree, to agree to do a wrestling movie. Mm, you're probably right. Could you trick him? Like he doesn't even know the rocks cast in it until they start shooting. That could work. Yeah. That could definitely work. And then um, it's just like a Pavlov's dog dog reaction. You know, he sees The Rock and he immediately tries to suplex him, despite mm. thinking he was in a um, period drama. And I know that, I don't know their feelings towards each other in real life, but I know that Vin Diesel and The Rock hate each other. So if we get Vin Diesel yeah. in with Batista, then the fight will just happen. Yes. You, nice. They're all there. You, the whole, and Vin you, Diesel, he's not, Vin Diesel's not a wrestler, was he? No, but... Hey, I'm not like saying he can't wrestler. handle himself, John. No. I'm no. not saying the man can't handle himself. I'm just saying he was never a professional wrestler. You don't want to be putting out those allegations because I, I, from what I sense, I think he's quite sensitive. So I wouldn't want to be upsetting Vin Diesel. I'll get in the ring with Vin Diesel tomorrow. <laughs> I will. And I'd watch it. Great. From there afar. you go. Look, I'm not, on, I'm not that, on your corner. I'm, I'm the, in the audience. Yeah, you are. The, influ- the influence of boxing scenes huge. I reckon Joel Grove versus Vin Diesel could be a big, <laughs> a big ticket shifter. Yes, but yeah, because they'd be like, I can't wait to see Vin Diesel beat up this man I've never heard of. Vin Diesel's taking on some. Vin Diesel takes on some guy <laughs> tonight <laughs> in the blue corner. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I look. I say again, I'm up for it. He can take eighty percent of the the pot. Uh, and the and the O2 is split like um like a football stadium, and it's like full one side, and there's like fourteen people on the other side. <laughs> yep. Covering their eyes. <laughs> I, um, I'm, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. If anyone knows anyone that organises those boxing matches, um, let me know. Hey, John, uh, I'm going to hurry us along to our ideas because we have got the conclusion of Muscles Tom's latest masterpiece to come. Uh, so how about this one from me? Steel Magnolias. It's an Ocean's Eleven style heist <laughs> at a florist. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Thanks, man. Right. Why would they steal? You're getting flowers? married. Mm. The day before the wedding, Very expensive. The, floor, the, the night before the wedding, the florist pulls out and says, I can't oh, shit. provide the flowers. All of the florists are closed because it's the night before. So that night, you have to break into a florist that has enough flowers and of a high enough quality to cater for your wedding tomorrow of a thousand people. So a lot right. of flowers, John. I've got two ideas to raise the stakes here. One, it's the night before, like it's an old fashioned English wedding. So it's the stag do. So they're pissed. Yes. The alternative is it's it's for a royal wedding. It's both. Oh fucking hell! The 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 king is smashed. The king smashed, and he gets a call from Camilla. So there's no fucking flowers, Charles. There's not a single fucking flower in this gaff. Charles has got to break into the you know interflora factory the Amazing. night before a royal wedding. Uh, he probably lands on a cactus at some point. It's going to oh, be great fun. Absolutely. Oh, I, I'm very so much looking forward to watching that. Uh, Thanks, here's man. what's your idea. We bought a zoo. Matt Damon and Scarlett Johansson purchased Failing Lads Mag in the hopes of changing its fortune. Oh, come on. There we go. That's good stuff, man. Well done. Thank you very much. I happen to be I happen to work for the company Bauer who who owned Zoo just mm. like I joined just as it was shutting down. Oh um, man. 
And so it was very odd to have sort of topless women, just like pictures, like magazine top, like lads mags, just on the end of desks at work. Yeah, of course, that was, of course. That was just the way it was. But as well as, as well as um, sort of boobs, the other thing that they were, it was re- they were really into was like injuries. There was an entire page just dedicated yeah. to gruesome injuries. I remember that. And like people that had got, yeah, it was like people that had got stuck in uh, mountains and stuff. Just it was like very confusing reads too. If it, as, uh, when it was at its peak, we were probably sort of 13. Oh yeah. So if you ever saw one, it was like the most exciting, illicit thing you'd ever seen in your life. And it would just be, yeah, boob injury, boob injury. Never a boob injury though. They drew the line there. <laughs> no, no, the injuries just happened to men. Yeah, I mean, it definitely came, it was at its peak at a time where it was just perfect enough to mess up our, our teenage adult brains and then disappear so that future generations don't have to deal with it. Although they have the internet, which I was is about to say, John, worse. yeah, because they've got nothing, nothing <laughs> addling their brains. God, aren't kids these days lucky that Zoo magazine isn't around anymore? <laughs> oh, Tearing dear. at the very fabric of society, Zoo magazine. Oh. Yeah, God, the kids these days don't know how good they've got it. They don't occasionally see three pages from a Zoo magazine once a year. <laughs> uh, and the the final issue of Zoo was all in black, and it was a coffin with an issue of Zoo inside it. Uh, and women in black underwear, and it said, ashes to ashes, bust to bust. <laughs> there you go. That's good stuff. They saved their best till last, didn't they? <laughs> I, wonder what the final, I wonder what the final injuries were. <laughs> oh, I do not want to know. Right. No, I don't want to know. Good Shall stuff, we move man. On? Let's, yeah, let's go for the big one. I think we can finish this off today. I think we can do it. Nice, nice. Right. So um, if I won't re-explain Muscles Tom because hopefully at this point you know who he is. <laughs> Long movie ideas are sent to us at a very infrequent period of time. They used to be about haunted furniture. Now he's going through his blockbuster phase. We mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. two thirds of the way through a film called Titanic 3. And what we've established is this unsinkable third Titanic ship is sinking. Uh, and the captain and his crew are in the like the hull. And they've discovered that the hull can separate into like a its own ship that won't sink. Yep. <laughs> but for some reason it has a capacity of four and there are currently five people in the hull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it well. Officer Smith, the captain, inquires politely, would you mind stepping outside and taking a look to see if this beautiful young lady is okay? Certainly, sir, the officer replies. But as he steps out, the captain closes and locks the door behind him. The officer turns around in shock, his hands pressed up against the window as he sobs. I'm so sorry, my old friend, the captain says. I hope you understand I had to do what I had to do. It's been a pleasure working with you, Captain. The officer tears up (laughs) outside the window, holding up his hand to salute the fellow captain. Just then a wave washes the officer to the side of the boat and into the sea, never to be seen again. Okay, men, the captain shouts. It's now or never. Press the button. One of the crewmates gladly smashes his hand onto a big red button in the control panel. Suddenly, shutters begin to close down over the wheelhouse. Emergency lighting comes on as the wheelhouse separates from the sinking ship. Incredible, the captain remarks. We're saved, one officer shouts. (laughs) Just then, an emergency warning sounds. An officer cries, oh no, I don't believe it. What is it, the captain asks. He (laughs) He points out of the window. It's another iceberg straight ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, take it seriously. Take it seriously. The captain looks up. This thing won't survive a collision with a mountain of ice that big. He points over to one of his fellow officers. You, he snaps. Take this oar and go outside to see if you can steer us off course. 
Yes, sir. The officer grabs his oar with determination of a hungry rat and opens the hatch to go outside. As the officer is trying his hardest to paddle the wheelhouse away from the iceberg, it's too late. A huge wave washes him away. His body is lost at sea forever. Oh God, there's only three of them left now. Just then a helicopter appears above the wheelhouse and pilot's voice comes in on the speaker. Ahoy down there. We're here to rescue you. I'm going to lower the winch. Tie yourself and I'll pull you back up. Be quick. The wind's picking. The rope on the winch is lowered through the hatch of the wheelhouse. Sir, the remaining officer says, I think I've broken my leg. Perhaps I could go first. Of course, my dear boy. Here, the captain hands the rope to the officer. Just then there is a voice calling from the helicopter above. It's getting too dangerous out here. We've only got time to lift one of you up. Just as the officer is tying the rope around his waist, a flare lights up and he's stabbed through his eye socket. Hot molten lava pours down his face like slime off a frog's back. The captain takes the rope off him and ties it around his own waist. I'm sorry, my old friend, but I'm sure you understand. I had to do what I had to do. He looks up to the pilot and gives him the thumbs up. I'm ready. The captain's winched up to safety. Below him, the wheelhouse crashes into the huge iceberg and is destroyed into bits. The captain is pulled on board the helicopter and greeted by the pilot as it flies away to safety. Back on dry land, there is a ceremony taking place where hundreds of people gather to pay their respects. A lady is, sta- a lady is seen on stage giving a speech to the crowd. For his bravery and quick thinking aboard the HMS Titanic III, the Royal Navy does hereby promote Captain Jim James Tiberius to the rank of Admiral. And furthermore, shall receive a Congress Medal of Honor. Everyone erupts in applause and starts to cheer. The band begins to play as champagne corks are popped into the air and doves are released off into the sky. Everyone starts to cheer and celebrate as the fireworks start going off. So, Captain, what will you do now? The mayor asks. Put my feet up, replies the Admiral. You won't uh, be tempted then. The mayor continues to put his arms over the captain's shoulder. Tempted by what? Haven't you heard? The boys are already hard at work at the construction of Titanic 4. I hear it's indestructible. The mayor chuckles. The admiral raises a glass of whiskey and drops two bits of ice into it. I think that's enough ice for me. Don't you? <laughs> they both start laughing and walk off into the sunset. The end. A phenomenal ending there. Jenny didn't He's done see it, it again. coming. He's, He's done, done it again. again. He's done it again. He's pulled the rug from under us. He's hit us with a big iceberg of a twist at the end. Can't, what, and what's great about Muscles Tom is that the next idea we get from him will actually be Titanic 6. <laughs> yeah. Fill in the gaps There's a lot of yourself. assumed knowledge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, of course, Muscles Tom is the winner for this week as Vin Diesel comes in to spar with me and knock my block off. So we better get going, John. Well done, John. Hello. Well done, Joel. How are you doing? Have you watched I'm anything good? good? What's I life watched, given you? I, I watched that one where Nicolas Cage is himself. The unbearable, the unbearable pursuit of, no, of massive talent. Of massive talent. Yeah, any good? Pedro Pascal? I liked it. Oh, I'm on, I you know, of, course, of course I'm on a Pedro Pascal tip right now. The guy is everywhere. He can't do wrong. Um, he can't do wrong. And I thought it was a good, fun romp. It's like an hour and 40. Ooh, so come on. Yes, please. That's, that's great news. I loved it. It was really good fun. And other than that, no. How about you? Um, did I say that I'm like watching Happy Valley? I've finally, I'm, I'm, I've only just uh, got up to I the latest season. So yeah, the first two seasons, very bleak, very dark, but mm. very good. And there's also a podcast called Shrine of, well, it's called Shrine of Duty or it's called Shrine Podcast, which goes along with it, which I'm listening to. Metroid Prime, right. So I, while, when Nintendo announced this Metroid Prime remake, I waited for it to come out physical. And then like a day before they reduced the price on a Mario and Rabbids <laughs> game, which is another game I wanted. So now I'll, 
I've gone from having no games to play to having two games to play, and I don't have the time for it. But Metro Prime is Metro Prime is really good fun. Um, but I, keep I played it as a child. Do I play it again? I probably do. Don't I? Depends. Because I'm not a child anymore, so I have a I've, a new eye for Prime. Maybe I'll play it, John. All right, or add it to the. I this I've got games that are still in their cellophane. Oh wow! I mean, what's that about? That's mad. You're a real adult now, isn't it? I just like having them and having them around yeah. and knowing that one day I might play them and listening to podcasts and watching reviews of them, but never playing the fucking things. It's a huge part of like my life now. Is I consume so much content around culture that yeah, I like. It's but crazy. Not the actual thing. So not the actual thing. Video games. All I listen to a lot of video game podcasts. I listen to lots of film podcasts, and I barely consume anywhere near as much of the actual stuff. Where does it end, John? You'll start listening to podcasts about food, and you'll die of starvation. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I listen to podcasts about podcasts instead of listening to podcasts. Oh, what fucking hell! Yes, and then eventually you're just listening to podcasts that are about podcasts about podcasts. How far down the rabbit hole can we go? That's a great... Right. One day in the future, me and you should do a podcast where we review podcasts that review podcasts. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just do a bonus episode of Dream Factory where we do that. That's a really good idea. Do you think and we'll just talk about our favourite podcast that review podcasts that review podcasts. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Nice. All right. Don't steal our idea, listener, because it will take John and I sort of 18 months to two years to record that. So, Yeah, that, one, that one's after Pie Guys, which is definitely happening. Yeah. Oh, shit. Pie Guys. Right, we've got to go, John. We've got our, our big pie guys meeting with the board. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Send the guys a movie idea. Tell your friends that you like the show. Follow us on social media. Then you'll be the best listener.